How's it going, everybody? Adrian here for The Gaming Observer for Tuesday, December the 8th. Uh, my friends, we are going to be talking about one single thing today, in part because most people are just talking about one single thing today, but also because there wasn't much else to talk about. Of course, that's going to be Cyberpunk 2077. If you're not interested in it whatsoever, you're welcome to skip today's show. But I think we have an important conversation to have today. So if you don't know, this is the latest game from CD Projekt Red. They made The Witcher 3. And it's going to be releasing on Thursday, December the 10th, after multiple delays and an extreme amount of hype. People are talking about it today because the review embargo has lifted. And, you know, if you want to see the scores or read any of the reviews, check them out on opencritic.com. As you might expect, the game was received really well. Plenty of high scores from critics across the board. But what I want to talk about today is basically everything surrounding it. There's some important things to note about these reviews. Uh, first of all, many of the non-perfect scores that were given to the game was because of game-breaking bugs. Here's something that GameSpot said, quote, Cyberpunk 2077 is phenomenally buggy. These bugs, more than any game I've played in years, took me out of the experience often. The technical problems not only took me out of the game literally, but also led me to question whether certain things throughout the game were intentional, end quote. Now, of course, as PC Gamer mentions, who were also very critical of the bugs, uh, they're likely to be fixed over time. But if you're someone who plans on purchasing this game on day one, you're likely going to run into issues that are going to take you out of the experience. Don't say that I didn't warn you. There's something else to note, though. Reviewers were not allowed to capture their own footage of the game. They had to use B-roll or nothing. So this stopped some uh, video outlets from uploading their reviews because they weren't willing to comply with that embargo. Basically, CD Projekt saying, hey, you can't show people the game unless it's pre-approved. More significantly, though, not a single outlet received a console code. So every review that you read before the launch date is from somebody who has played it on PC. And if it is a buggy mess there, then nobody knows what it's going to look like on PlayStation or Xbox. So again, if you're going to buy it on day one, don't say I didn't warn you. Okay, so that's the reviews. Let's take another step back here. Um, as with most AAA games, I think it's always worth noting the conditions of the workforce who made this game. So the people who did make this game, CD Projekt, they crunched long hours for more than a year. I think you deserve to know that. Despite the CEO stating publicly that nobody would be required to work overtime, they eventually mandated a six-day work week. Uh, some developers worked nights and weekends for a significant amount of time. And with very little reprieve, because the game got delayed many times over. Crunch is something that has plagued the industry for decades, and the more aware that we are of it, the better we can be moving forward. And uh, the last thing that I want to talk about here, and I think what has stood out to me the most, is the lead-up to Cyberpunk's release in its marketing. You know, this is supposed to be one of the biggest game releases in a really long time. I really would have hoped that it didn't run into the issues that it did. It has been a heavily discussed topic. If you spend time on social media, I'm sure you've come across it. But the company has clearly leaned into its more quote-unquote edgy audience. Here's something that Polygon said, quote, Cyberpunk 2077's advertising has been saying the quiet part loud. It has maintained the spiky, anti-SJW, anti-woke persona throughout its marketing campaign, careful to always pepper any diverse character's inclusion with stereotyping or humor designed to mock its own ideas. As such, it has earned an army of fans who will defend it from criticism, whether that be from accusations of transphobia, racism, or even crunch, end quote. And indeed, you know, trans representation in the lead-up to this game has been handled extremely poorly. 
I'm not going to get into the details about the specifics of the marketing there, but please feel free to read uh, the Polygon article. It covers it quite nicely. And then, you know, as for the game itself, when it comes to representation, here's something that Kotaku said, which I think uh, sums it up somewhat nicely. Quote, While cyberpunk draws on diversity, it doesn't really do anything with that in ways that are disappointing if you hoped for more or anger inducing if you're sick of watching people who don't share your identity use it as a trope or gimmick. Diversity of all kinds feels like it's in cyberpunk because it got caught in the tide of stuff CDPR wanted to put inside the game, end quote. And again, the Kotaku article on that goes into much more detail. It's really well written. And listen, folks, I'm not here to poop on your party or make you feel bad for buying the game. Please go buy it, enjoy it, have a good time. I just think that this is an important conversation to have. A lot of people are going to tell you that it is worth buying the game, regardless of everything I talked about today, and that's totally fine. You know, I have a duty to you, and, and as, a, as a person with a platform, to keep you informed. Knowing what's going on about the reviews is important, and understanding the context of the game's release is important. The rest of it, I'm going to leave up to you. My friends, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to be back tomorrow with any of the news that the world wants to bring us. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. Hey, it's the TGO After Show. Welcome, welcome. Uh, I hope I handled that all right. I think I did my best there. Because those were important things that I wanted to talk about at some point, and today just happened to be the opportunity where it was both relevant and I didn't feel like I was missing out on any other news by dedicating the show to this one. I always find it tough, you know, with with talking about diversity and, and things like the, the marketing for cyberpunk because I'm a straight white dude, right? So that's why I, I tried to make use of the quotes significantly because bo both the Polygon and the Kotaku article were written from trans people. And that's an important thing, right? But I don't know. I, I also wanted to talk about it today because it just kind of sucks for me. I want to be excited about cyberpunk the way that everybody else is, but I just can't. I want to be excited about the Harry Potter game in the same way that a lot of people are there are, but I, I can't. And so, you know, I, I've gotten some criticisms on this show in the past for maybe not sticking to the strict news, unobjective, unbiased news. You know, a, a lot of people I, I notice in the reviews for, for this show, uh, a lot of people say, oh, I'm, I'm very unbiased. And I think people don't understand what that means because I'm really not unbiased at all. You know, this is this is this is my show where I share my perspectives on things and you know, obviously with the news I do try and give the the facts and the the things that have happened accurately. But besides that, there are important things to talk about and I'm not just going to stick to the news, right? As I reflect on that show that I literally just recorded, um maybe I went a little too harshly on CD Projekt in the sense of like, okay, you know, there's probably a lot of you listening who are excited for this game. And maybe that brought you down a little bit. And, I, you know, that's not what I'm trying to do. We talk about it with a lot of these games. It's it's not necessarily about boycotting or, I don't know, what, whatever other extreme measures you want to come up with. In some cases, obviously, that's the thing you want to do. It depends on the situation. But in cases like this, I th it, you know, it, at least I think, uh, it's more about awareness and about understanding, again, the context of the game's release. We don't just want to be blind consumers of everything. And obviously, you can take this to the logical extremes, right? I'm recording this show on a bunch of equipment that was probably using minerals that were mined in countries completely unethically, right? A lot of this stuff is unavoidable and, and all-encompassing. But at least when it comes to the things that we can control, that we can be aware of, in places where we can be more conscientious of these things, I think it's important to talk about. 
And if nothing else, you know, I've got a platform with a few thousand people listening, and the gaming world is so toxic. And if we can try and combat that toxicity a little bit, if I can change one or two perspectives on this whole situation, you know, maybe it's all worth it. Uh, my friends, thank you for tuning in. Feel free to reach out to me if uh, there's anything you want to discuss. And until next time, farewell. <laughs>